It's the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Your daily download of X92.9's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. It's Monday, May 30th, 2022. I'm Beckler. Shauna's away today. She'll be back tomorrow, although I'm going to take tomorrow off now. And the show hasn't been together for a long time. Today is moving day for my family. The movers are at my house as we speak. Uh, and I'm kind of half there mentally and half here, so... I apologize for that, but I think it was a half-decent show today. Then I'll be off tomorrow. Sean will be back, and uh, we'll be together on Wednesday, I think. On today's show, we're going to talk about what's going on in Major League Baseball with the balls themselves. Some more white girl phrases. Who gets ID'd at a liquor store? A game that you may have played growing up that I don't know if we could play anymore, just in this time, this day and age. Something crazy that happened to a friend of mine. Some Vancouver softness sent to us by a friend of the show. I'm going to pose a very big and difficult question to you on the topic of gun violence in the United States. I've got a conspiracy that has to do with the NHL playoffs. A friend of mine is trying to get her real estate license right now, and that's quite a process. We'll talk about that. But first, your out-of-context clip of the show. Oh, please don't. Oh. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I was on the freeway uh, on the weekend, and I saw there on the side of the road there was this guy standing next to this beautiful classic Corvette. There are actually quite a few classic cars out this weekend. I know there was a, a classic car auction in Okotoks. On Saturday, it's also just the time of year, I guess, when people are bringing them out of storage. But this guy standing next to this beautiful Corvette, and I don't know my vehicles well enough to know exactly which year. I'd say early 70s, but it was getting towed. It had clearly broken down, and it was getting towed. And this older guy standing next to it looked sad. I was like, oh, that sucks, man. That car is probably that guy's baby. It was the first time out this year, and here it's getting towed. That really sucks. But then I thought, like... Would we have the same reaction to a different vehicle broken down on the side of the road? Or is it just the fact that it was this car and this guy and I was that I was that I was sad for him, you know? Cuz I think we do like make assumptions about people based on the vehicles that they drive. Like I'll give you an example if you don't know what I'm talking about. If it was like the most ignorant lifted Alberta truck that was broken down and getting towed, would you feel the same sadness for the guy standing next to it? truck's probably just as important to that guy as this car is to the old guy or would you be like meh you see what i mean what if it was like an absolute ship box of a car you're like well yeah of course that thing was going to break down look at it or what if it was some you know douchey looking guy next to a quarter million dollar exotic car or like some woman with her g-wagon and she's dressed to the nines would you would you feel the same sympathy or would there perhaps be maybe just a touch I've shot in Freud there. VNS in 20 minutes or less. A friend of mine is trying to get her real estate license right now, and that process is a bit more intense than I had anticipated. Like, I I thought it was kind of like getting your boating license. You know, you go to like an afternoon course about water safety, you write your test, you get your boating license. No, this is way more involved than that. Like, she's been studying forever. She took the first part of the test, uh, and it was it was at a, like a third-party testing center. It was three hours long. She said she wasn't allowed a water bottle. They had a camera on her the whole time to make sure you can't cheat. So on the way in, they searched her. They actually like physically searched her. They patted her down. They frisked her. You have to make sure she didn't have the, the key to the real estate license exam up her bum or something. She was only allowed one bathroom break throughout the, the, uh, the test, too, and said that if like they walk you to the bathroom when you have to go, and if you take longer than five minutes in the bathroom, they'll come in and check on you. 
It's like, this is all for a real estate license? You take your time in your bathroom, your one bathroom break? Hey, I don't smell dump in here. You cheating? The BNS in 20 minutes or less podcast. Hey, speaking of the Oilers and the Flames and news headlines, CBC ran this one this weekend. Calgarians say they'll root for Edmonton in hockey playoffs. I was like, uh, who did they who did they talk to for this article? Because, I mean, there might be a few of those, but but not many. I think I would rather give myself a paper cut between every single finger than cheer for the Oilers and the rest of the playoffs. Like I am, I'm a big Avalanche fan now. Huge Avs guy over here. Love the Colorado Avalanche. Most of us are still pretty salty over Game Five and thinking that that disallowed goal came up in several conversations on the weekend. And if historical precedents can be trusted. Flames fans might still be talking about this 18 years from now. I also saw this comment deep, deep in a hockey thread online, and I thought I'd relay that to you. Just buried deep in the comments, someone here said, I bet if the Flames had a new arena, that would be a good goal. Whoa. Whoa. Conspiracy Corner. Your platform for outlandish conspiracy theories. Was the goal disallowed because the Flames don't have a new building? Hmm. I mean, the call on the ice? Refs seem to think it was in. Commentators seem to think it was in. Players seem to think it was in. And then they go to Toronto, and they come back with a ruling of no goal. Huh. A little bit suspicious, hey? On the plausibility scale. How many league commissioners trapped in an elevator out of 10 does this one get? I'm going to go with 15 league commissioners trapped in an elevator. So if you've been online over the last few days, uh, once again, gun control and gun violence is the issue of the week following the the tragedy in Uvalde, Texas, the mass school shooting. Uh, and lots of lots of different calls I've read for you know lawmakers and elected officials in the United States to do something, you know, to have the courage, spend the political capital, resist the lobbyists, and do something. But I have a question for you, and you can you can send me a response. I will read it, um, or you can just ask yourself this. But imagine you're the president of the United States, and we won't say you have total power in this situation, but you you're the person in charge. What do you do? Like realistically, what would you do that could substantially reduce gun violence in the United States? And I'm I'm not talking about a soundbite. I'm not talking about one of these empty Instagram posts that I'm seeing all over the place. Some of them don't even make sense. Like They, they make the right noises, but then you, you, you look at it. What are you trying to say? This doesn't even make sense. I'm talking about actual pragmatic policy changes that would actually make a difference in the United States. What do you do? Some people might say, well, you ban guns. Do a buyback program like they did in Australia. Well, I mean, there are more guns than people in that country. There are 400 million guns in the United States. And I think sometimes we don't fully understand this with our Canadian viewpoint, because it's not the same here, but just how intensely some Americans feel about their constitutional right to keep their guns. Like, it is their God-given right. I heard one commentator say that he thinks that they're, they're li- there are likely over a million people in the United States who would be ready to fight a, a civil war over the right to own guns before they would turn them in. So if your goal is to prevent firearms deaths... You will, you'll have a, a few hundred thousand on your hands while trying to get there if you, if you go that route. Okay, so do you ban certain firearms? Do you ban, quote-unquote, assault rifles, limit clip size? I mean, if you could do that, and if you, even if you could do that, you, you might have some luck in reducing the mass shootings, right? The really horrific ones, the visceral ones that we see in the news. But 
most of the gun violence in the United States is is not for mass shootings, and it's involving handguns and not, quote-unquote, assault rifles. So, I mean, maybe the news looks a little different, but st- statistics don't won't really look any different if you go that route. Okay, so what about making it more difficult to get a gun, mental health checks, that sort of thing. And I, when, when I hear people say mental health checks, and like you would, you refuse access to people with a history of mental illness. I mean, that's an incredibly broad term. What kinds of mental illness? And also, what does that do to stigmatize people who might seek treatment for mental illness? You know, for people who might go on medication, if, it, if, if their rights are then restricted, are they less likely to go to go that route? I mean, it seems to me that the problem in the United States is just so far along that like the, how do you put this genie back into the bottle? It's easy to say something needs to be done about this, but I'm asking, what would you actually do? B and S in 20 minutes or less. Hey, hey, what did you learn today? So we got a camping trip coming up in Dinosaur Provincial Park, and I know that there are some snakes down there. I've never seen, I've seen like garter snakes, but I've never seen like a bigger snake in the wild. And I was like, it'd be cool to see one of these rattlesnakes or bull snakes in the in Dinosaur Provincial Park. Like, from a safe distance, I don't want to find it in my tent or anything, but, like, if you're out for a walk, you see one off in the distance, I think that would be really cool. Keep a safe distance from it. Uh, but I was curious, like, how how big do snakes in Alberta get? Because I know that the only venomous species is the rattlesnake. And like I said, there's never been a, uh, a fatality recorded from a rattlesnake bite in Alberta. The biggest snake, though, is in the province is the bull snake. And some bull snakes, I don't know if this is any of the ones around here, but some snakes in that species can grow over eight feet in length, which is a pretty big-ass snake, if you ask me. Um, the biggest snakes in the world, by comparison. I was just curious. Uh, the, the heaviest snake is the green anaconda, which lives in the northern part of South America. And there are claims that it can get up to 500 pounds. Um, the larger species that have been caught, in the wild, I think are in the 200 pound range, but you know, with snakes, there are some stories. And they said some of them can get over 500 pounds, which is kind of hard to wrap your head around. The longest snake, though, is the reticulated python, which can grow over 30 feet. That's uh, insane. And I'm glad I don't live in a place where you have to worry about a 30 foot, 500 pound snake waiting for you. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I got a message from a friend of the show that said, check out the Titan Boa of prehistoric times. Now that's a snake. So the Titano Boa, I, uh, I looked it up. Uh, yep. Yep, that's a big snake. They said they, they could grow to about 47 feet long and weigh up to 4,000 pounds. I mean, that thing could swallow a horse without even breaking a sweat. Terrifying. Terrifying. Also got a message from someone here who said they were volunteering in a small community in Costa Rica, right beside a jungle. Uh, Sean is just in, was just in Costa Rica. And they saw a snake that was 16 to 20 feet long and said you would have barely been able to wrap your hands around it. It's one of the wildest things I've ever seen. Just this giant snake right by where we were building a playground. And I was like, so how did the locals react to this? Like, was this... A cause for concern, or is that just something you're kind of used to seeing there? This person said they were just chill about the whole thing. They thought our reaction was hilarious. Yeah, you don't want to get used to seeing 20-foot snakes like it's just nothing, I don't think. No, I'm not cool with that. Also, on an unrelated note, the person who sent that last message, I was just trying to find their name. I was going through all the past texts they've sent to the station. And uh, a few months ago, they said they were done listening to the morning show because they were upset with something that I had said. Um, 
So I guess they're back. Time heals all wounds. The BNS in 20 minutes or less podcast. Some Vancouver softness for you this morning. I got a message from a friend of the show, Damien, who was in Vancouver for work. And you know those, uh, when you're driving, there's like those signs sometimes on the side of the road, and it's a digital display of your current speed. So it'll have the posted speed limit, and then it'll have your speed. And if you're going too fast, it'll flash your number. It's a good reminder to slow down. Well, Damien sent me this picture. Uh, Rather than showing a number, these signs in Vancouver, they show, if you're going too fast, a frowny face. So they won't tell you how much you're over, just that you're... You're over and it's it's making them sad. <laughs> Aww. Aww. I don't like when you speed. It makes me feel sad. Aww. I wish you wouldn't. <laughs> don't do that. Like, <laughs> most of them are just like, you are speeding. Here's your speed. This is the posted speed. This is your speed. You are speeding. No, there's no emotions in it. There's no, f- no frowny face. Oh, please don't. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. A friend of mine, uh, she she was woken up the other night by the RCMP to see if she was okay because a car had crashed into her house. And she posted photos. It looks like she must live in a split because it looked like like in the basement that they had like uh, those half walls, you know, like with the half windows. And the car had like punched right through there. And she was she was fine. Everybody in the house was fine. Uh, but she, I don't know how they didn't wake up. Like, maybe because it happened in the basement. Didn't wake up to the RCMP came. But she had security footage from outside the house, like a doorbell camera or whatever, and she posted that. And you can see this vehicle, like, out of control, come crashing in, hit the house, and then back out and take off. And I messaged her. I was like, what? Like, holy crap. Was someone liquored up? Like, how did this happen? And she said, no. Turns out it was some kids who took their parents' car and... Went for a joyride and then slammed into this into her house. It's like, oh man, that could have been really bad. It's funny though. I remember growing up, like I had a few friends who would occasionally go joyriding. They would take their parents' car and go go for a tear before they had their license. And I thought that was just about the most insane thing you could you could possibly do. Like, I know at that age we were all a bit dumb, right? And I made some bad decisions and took some risks, but nothing like that. Like if you. You have no insurance, no liability, even if someone hits you and you're at fault, right? So when my friends, they thought it was hilarious. And I'd be like, you guys are completely crazy. Like there is not a chance in hell I would ever do that. It's, I mean, really the, thing, the same is true of, of driving drunk, right? Like if you, if you get an accident when you're drunk, you are at fault no matter what happened, right? And you're probably on the hook for all the damage that you caused. It could end up costing tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like what does it cost to repair this vehicle and the house that was slammed into. A lot of money that these kids or their parents are going to be on the hook for. And like I said, it could have even been worse. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. My boys were watching a YouTube video, and the, on the video they mentioned the board game Guess Who. Do you remember the board game Guess Who? Is it me? Is it you? Who knows? Guess Who? Can you guess who was a mystery? Did your person wear a hat? No. Your history. So you like you get a card and it's got a person, then you got to ask for clues and narrow it down, flip down the faces and try to figure out who the other person's card is. I was thinking, I, my boys didn't recognize the game; they had never played it. But I was thinking, like, does that game even fly anymore these days? I mean, if you look at the original characters in, on Guess Who, and I don't know, maybe they've released a newer version or something, but uh, they were—I think they were all white people. They were. <laughs> 
Every last one of them was white. There was one or two that looked like they may have been Latino, but everybody else was white. Um, and I remember even playing that game like with my brother growing up. I think there were only five women on the cards, and then there were like 19 men. So if you drew a, a card that was a woman, and that was the first question that the person would ask, is yours a woman? You'd say yes. Well, then most of the faces would go down, and they were pretty much guaranteed to win the game because they had narrowed it down. But can, can you ask that question in 2022? I don't know. Maybe maybe guess who is, uh, isn't as popular as it was when we were growing up because so many of the like identifiable characteristics of someone are now kind of impolite to ask about. Is your person white? The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I popped into a liquor store on the weekend and they had a sign on the counter with their ID policy and it said, you look great. Can we see some ID? And then there was a spiel about how they ID everyone who looks under 40 years old, which I always think is probably the best way to do it, right? If you pick just like a really high number and you're like, all right, everybody who looks under this is getting ID'd and it's just part of the process and then nobody is offended, nobody is... You know, and you'd probably have a lot of luck cutting out the sale of alcohol to minors. But I mean, it's it's also funny. Like when you reach when you reach an age where that becomes flattery and not offense anymore. Like I remember when I was younger, you know, want not wanting to get ID because I wanted to seem older. And then, at what age did that sort of shift? Do you think? Like I would say, only recently, like do I not want to look older than I am? So I'm 33. Only in the last few years am I like, no, I'd like to look my age or younger if I could. Whereas, you know, when you're younger, nobody wants to look younger than they are. So when does that, uh, when does that change? Interesting thing is this, they didn't ID me yesterday at the liquor store I was at on the weekend. And like I said, I'm 33 and they ID everybody who looks under 40. So what did, should I take offense to that? Do I look like I'm over 40? I was pretty tired that day. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Uh, I got a couple white girl phrases for you. Didn't do this all last week. Um, I thought, so there's one stenciled in the basement of this this new house that I'm moving into today. Uh, and I thought it was live, laugh, learn, but I was wrong. I looked again. It's dream it, learn it, do it. And it is stenciled on the wall in the basement. And I believe I'm going to leave that up just, uh, just for the irony of it. So that if anyone comes over, they'll be like, hey, you got a white girl saying on your wall. Oh, I know. It came with the house. <laughs> it was a feature. I also got this one from Jen. You remember a beautiful face for a few days, but you will remember a beautiful soul forever. Oh, that's nice. Beauty's only skin deep. Ooh. Uh, I I don't know if I entirely agree with that. I can remember some pretty hot faces that I've seen over the years. I remember one. I must have been like, I don't know, 14 years old maybe, and I was in the mall with my mom, and this girl walked by who was a few years older than me, and she was ridiculously hot. Like, this was in Saskatoon. She was too hot. She was just too hot. And I, she smiled at me. And I was like, I think I'll remember this forever. And here I am, 33. Uh, and I still do remember that. Maybe that was her beautiful soul shining through, though. And that's what I'm remem- remembering forever, as the quote says. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I was just reading this article. It's about a week old, so maybe you saw it. But uh, apparently the Major League Baseball is having all kinds of issues with the balls themselves this year. And in this article, they spoke to a woman who's an astrophysicist and a baseball deconstruction expert, which is a job that I didn't know existed. But she said that it seems like the issue might be that the MLB requires teams to store baseballs in a special humidor for two weeks leading up to the game. She said that's causing them to, like, 
change shape a bit and to get kind of deformed and there are like flat spots and lumps in them. And as a result, there are fewer home runs this year. This is the fewest number of home runs per game uh, since 2014. And pitchers are complaining. Batters are seeing way more pop-ups. They say the balls feel spongy when you hit them. Um, I don't have Pat Tabler or Dan Schulman here, but Buck Martinez might have something to say about that. Spiel from Night at the Ballpark, where we've been seeing all kinds of issues with soft, spongy balls. Major League Baseball stores their balls in a humidor, and some believe that may be causing the balls to lose a bit of their pop. Just a reminder that Tuesday night tickets are available for $12 in the cheap seats. Maybe you'll get lucky and catch a foul where you can feel these softballs for yourself. You've been listening to the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have BNS in 20 Minutes or Less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.